Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 45. I think it's 45. Today, let's talk a little bit about share buybacks. Are they good? What do they do for investors? Why people want them? Why they're so sometimes, uh, you know, looked down upon by certain uh, people in the media and even politicians. And, you know, how are they closely related to dividends? In fact, some people call them augmented dividends. So most of you or most everybody understands dividends. And dividends, we think about a company, a corporation is generating revenue. If they generate free cash flow, meaning, you know, imagine uh, some huge conglomerate just had a cash register, one cash register. And at the end of the year, they went into the cash register and after they paid all their expenses and reinvested back in the business and all that type of stuff, there's cash in there. And if they're shareholders, they can go and do what? Well, they can pay out a dividend. Uh, they could also, companies don't pay out 100% of their free cash flow. They might keep some on hand to do uh, reinvestments later. They might want to hold some cash for dry powder, or maybe they want to go into a merger. But typically, we would say that a dividend is just paid out to shareholders. It's a return of, of cash, a return of earnings to, to shareholders. And by the way, dividends, uh, most dividends paid by corporations uh, would be considered qualified dividends, and they're um, paid at a capital gains rate. And sometimes it's zero. It depends on the brackets. There's a couple different brackets depending upon the income, filing jointly, filing single. You can look that up. I might put a, a link to that. But uh, either 20%, 15%, or 0%. And so if someone has a stock, let's say, in a taxable account and a dividend is paid, that's potentially a taxable event. So dividends are pretty straightforward. And you'd probably say, well, okay, I get the deal with dividends. And if a company wants to return uh, some of the profits to shareholders and there's uh, no other reinvestments, you know, that, that becomes kind of interesting. Okay. So what is the deal with buybacks and how do they differ? And when you think about buybacks, buybacks are when a company spends some of that free cash flow we talked about. And what they do is they go into the market and they sort of buy shares and then they eliminate those shares, they retire them, right? So somebody sent me something a while back and you know companies have done buybacks for some time. Uh, somebody sent me an, uh, a screenshot of a Bloomberg uh, chart and it had McDonald's shares outstanding. And they currently have, I, I assume this is in millions, uh, about 759 million shares. I shouldn't say, I shouldn't assume that, but I'm going to assume because uh, it's 759, I believe that's in millions. And that was towards, let's see, uh, that was recently. But if, if you could see this chart, one of the things that's interesting is you go back to, oh, I don't know, the end of 2009, and they had over a billion shares outstanding. And so it looks like McDonald's has been using free cash flow to buy back shares. Uh, in fact, interestingly enough, they've also uh, increased the amount of debt that they have. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. But if you look at their short and long-term debt, it was a little over $10 billion back in 2009. Now it's uh, about $45 billion. And 
what's fascinating too is the effective interest rate is only about 3.25%. So rates have been coming down. And so McDonald's has been using more debt. They've been buying back shares. Uh, you know, I don't follow McDonald's per se, but I thought it was an interesting example. So what is a share buyback? Well, share buybacks, uh, a lot of people refer to them as an alternative to issuing dividends. And like I said, a company goes into the market and buys back their own shares, buys back their own shares. And buybacks reduce the shares outstanding. Uh, and that's why they're thought of by some to be quasi-dividends. And share buybacks, they don't produce a taxable event. So in other words, if you own, let's say, McDonald's stock or any other stock and the company uh, buys back shares, it is, uh, does not cause necessarily a taxable event to you um, in the moment like maybe dividends would. And one of the things that's interesting with dividends versus buybacks is a little bit more flexibility in being varied. While a company reducing its dividend uh, is not necessarily you know, the end of the world, generally people want to see companies, especially people who are dividend investors, uh, to see companies uh, hold their dividend you know, pat uh, or continually expand it. In fact, if you use something like a dividend discount model to come up with an intrinsic valuation, you're trying to figure out perpetually what dividends will grow year over year. So t- companies are reticent to you know, increase the dividend and then not increase it or bring it back down. So it seems like, and this is just my opinion, the companies would rather you know, have a slow and steady increase in the dividend. Uh, but with share buybacks, a company could say, hey, you know, we're going to come out, we're a trillion dollar company, we're going to spend $50 billion to buy back our own stock over such and such a time period. And then they don't have if they don't do it again, it's not necessarily looked at as a, uh, quite the same as if a company were to reduce their, uh, their dividend. But let's, let's just kind of use an example. And this may shed some light on how for corporations or shareholders, it's thought of as a positive. Let's say we've got XYZ Corp, totally fictitious company, is trading at $20. And let's say you know, they've got 20 million shares outstanding and their net income was $40 million. Nice round numbers to use because we can do this in our heads. So $40 million in net income, 20 million shares outstanding. We would say the earnings per share is $2. Well, how did I do that? Well, I took the $40 million divided by the 20 million shares, and they're earning $2 per share. And by the way, since we know they're getting $2 per share, and we know the stock is trading at 20 it's pretty easy to do the math and figure out that the price-to-earnings ratio, or P-E ratio, is 10 but what if XYZ decides to buy back 10% of their float or 2 million shares? And all else equal, and that's a big caveat, all else being equal, let's imagine they, they have that same earnings, but now instead of having 20 million shares, they've only got 18 million shares outstanding. So that 40 million net income, you divide it by 18 million instead of 20, and the earnings per share is now $2.22. Simple math. But because there are less shares, the earnings, more of the earnings go to each share that's left or remaining. And now, by the way, the P-E ratio is about nine. So in theory, with less shares, the shareholders' value per share went up. And so one of the ways that you can look at this is buying back shares 
reduces the, the float and it makes the remaining shares in theory more valuable because more earnings per share are being created. It doesn't mean that necessarily the company made more money. In fact, in our example, they made the same 40 million in net income. It's just when you divvy up the per share basis, it, uh, it you know, it, it increases sort of the shareholder value there. So buybacks decrease the amount of shares outstanding, all else equal. It increases the earnings per share. Of course, if earnings go down, even though there's less shares, you know, you can get earnings per share go down. Uh, the existing shares are, uh, you know, in theory, more scarcer. Now scarcer. Is that a word? Maybe. So it's the opposite of dilution. In fact, when companies issue more shares, let's say a company, instead of buying back shares, issued more shares to raise capital, well, now the earnings are spread among more shares, so the earnings per share uh, would go down. So that's kind of when you think about building um, shareholder value, they could return free cash flow in the form of dividends, but they could also announce buybacks, and that would create more value in theory for shareholders. I took a look at Apple, and I went back to, it looks like this is September of 2005. Their fiscal year must end in September. And I was just looking at the number of shares outstanding. And back in September of 2005, Apple had about 5.8 billion shares. And today they have about 4.7 billion shares. Now, it's interesting, though, their share count actually went up. In 2011, they'd have had about 6.5 billion, uh, but they must have been buying back some shares, um, you know, to get down to those numbers. So the other thing that, um, and I'll try and link to this, is you can kind of see year by year what the amount of, at least in the companies, let's say in the S&P 500, what the announced buybacks have been and the value. Um, so you look at 2018, uh, there was about $950 billion in share buybacks announced. Uh, I'm not sure if those have actually been done, completed, uh, or if those are just announced and planned and they have the, you know, the option to do that. Uh, through, let's see, August, uh, we're, we're on pace for about $500 billion in 2019. So one of the things that uh, when you think about earnings per share growth, and we've probably talked about this before, companies could increase their margins, meaning their, their margins go up. They could increase their revenue. They could decrease their share count. And so, for example, in uh, uh, the second quarter of 2019, the earnings per share growth was 3.8%. And of that, uh, margins actually caused a reduction of negative 1.3%. Revenue went up 3%. And share counts caused an increase in earnings per share of 2.1%. So you can see how buybacks can increase the earnings per share, all else being equal. Uh, the other thing that some people look at, and I've, uh, I've heard a few people refer to sort of the combination of buybacks and dividends as augmented sort of total dividends. And they look at a buyback plus dividends divided by earnings uh, to kind of see what the buyback and dividend total yield is. So we think about a yield if a company pays up 5% in you know, a dividend in a year. And the, oh, let's say, uh, you know, 
stock's $100, its dividend yield is 5%. But if you think about, uh, let's say a company's a trillion-dollar company, and they were going to buy back $50 billion worth of stock in a given year, uh, people would say the buyback yield is 5%. So if you wanted to get a total yield to investors, you could actually add the dividend yield plus the buyback yield and come up with sort of a, a total augmented dividend yield. So buybacks are just a way for, it's another way for companies to sort of return value to its shareholders. Dividends are a little bit easier to understand. You say, okay, I have excess, uh, you know, we have free cash flow left in the register and we've got investors and we're going to pay out a dividend. They're going to share in the, the profits. And not all companies pay dividends. In fact, uh, younger companies, ones that are growing, tend to reinvest everything back into the business. And many take on debt, issue bonds to help uh, generate you know, cash to, to reinvest in the business. More mature companies that have been around for a long time, uh, more of the value companies, they might have a, uh, you know, it returned a lot of the, the percent of the, uh, the earnings back to shareholders and dividends. And people might value those just looking at the year-over-year growth and expected growth in dividends. So why is, now, the, the other question that comes up is why do people sort of rail against buybacks? And we saw this a lot after the, uh, the tax cuts, uh, the corporate tax cuts, when it went from, what was it, 35% down to 21%. And a lot of people pointed to companies using those savings and buying back shares as being a negative thing. Uh, in other words, they, they would rather, you know, take all those savings and hire people or give them higher bonuses and things like that. But from a shareholder point of view, um, there's, there's some advantages to, the, to buybacks versus dividends. Um, and there's some disadvantages too. I would say the advantage, number one, is you're theoretically increasing the value per share because your earnings per share goes up, all else equal. And as I mentioned, unlike when you get paid a dividend in a taxable account that may uh, incur capital gains, the company actually taking free cash flow and retiring shares or buying back shares, uh, that's no impact uh, from a tax perspective that I know of uh, to an individual shareholder. I mean, if you have shares of Coca-Cola and Coca-Cola buys back shares, does a bunch of buybacks, um, unlike a dividend where you've got to account for that, uh, potentially pay capital gains, there's no capital gains on you know, a, a company buying back its share. So uh, it also makes the shares a little scarcer. You know, think about kind of supply and demand. Um, and it's the opposite of dilution. Remember I said if a company were to raise cash and issue more shares, imagine we did the opposite thing. Remember our example was we started with $40 million in net income and 20 million shares, $2 per share. We retired 2 million shares. That same $40 million over 18 million shares meant your earnings per share went up to uh, up to 2.22 $2.22 so increased 22 cents but imagine we we did the opposite instead of buying back 2 million shares we you know doubled the amount of shares and uh, did a, a secondary offering so now 40 million on 40 million shares is only a dollar per share that would be an example of dilution so um, the drawback, uh, and some people point to this, um, is that some people say, look, just pay me the dividend and I'll decide what to do with that cash. Meaning 
I want to take that money and I'll invest in it to something else or I'll spend it or I'll come up with some, some other way to, to allocate it. And some people feel like um, that would be a better um, use of the free cash flow as opposed to, to buying back shares. The other thing that I would tell you is that uh, a question I often get asked is, do companies try and time the market? In other words, are they trying to figure out when's the best time uh, to buy shares? And interestingly enough, you know, we go back and look at something like 2001 or 2008. Now, 2008, companies really didn't buy back uh, much of any stock. Um, and so when it was the cheapest, sometimes you know, maybe they don't have the earnings or they don't have uh, the ability to go out and you know, they, if they had losses, they didn't have uh, you know, free cash flow per se. And so sometimes, and, and people have said this, when companies are more apt to buy back shares, it's when you know, the market's really good and, and they have free cash flow. And it's, uh, you know, they're, they're, those times when shares are higher, they're buying it back. You know, I'd, I'd have to do some research and look at, um, maybe there's, there's some stuff out there about how effective companies are at doing that. But um, the other criticism against buying back shares is some people say, is that the best use of, uh, of that cash? Meaning, why not reinvest and, and get a higher rate of return on doing expansion or buying another company? Or, uh, in fact, some, who was a Carl Icahn, I believe, was always sort of criticizing Apple for having too much cash on its balance sheet, saying, hey, do something with it or return it to, to shareholders. So there's always that as well. Uh, and some people look at that and say, hey, you couldn't have found anything else to do with the, the cash besides uh, buyback shares. But you know that, that's kind of the, the general idea of share buybacks. And I think, it's, uh, I think it's smart to sort of look at it as another or quasi-dividend uh, because they could have paid it out in dividends. Um, I mean, in the end, the, the free cash flow to equity measure is really what, in theory, a company could pay out if they wanted to pay it all out in a given quarter. Um, certainly, you know, companies don't do that. Uh, but you know, that's, uh, that's one of the uses of free cash flow, and uh, so there you have it. Uh, so we learned a couple things today. We talked about buybacks. And buybacks, uh, you can take a look. Uh, I think Microsoft just announced that they were going to buy back some shares. You can Google that. But um, you can also start to look and see uh, what the buyback yield is for certain companies in a given year. And you can also look and see what the dividend yield is. And you can calculate your own sort of augmented uh, dividends, which is many referred to. I didn't make this up, but they say it's uh, you know dividend yield plus buyback yield. So there you have it. Uh, but curious to know what everyone thinks who's listening, you know, shoot me an email, uh, go to razorwealth.com and then contact me. Of course, if you have ideas for future episodes that you want me to cover, I've had some great ideas so far. Uh, this was actually one that people were interested in, so I figured I'd do it. Uh, but drop me a line. And of course, uh, rather than waste time with rating, reviewing, and, and, and liking, and whatever it is you, people always ask you to do, uh, just share this with somebody. If you think somebody's interested in the markets and can benefit uh, go ahead and, and share the episode, this episode or any of the other ones. Uh, as I said, we're up to about 45 now. All right, folks, we'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>